Welcome to my podcast. My name is Jamin Gerker. I'm a realtor in South Central Alaska, and my mission is to help people build intentional and significant legacies for themselves and their families by coaching them in real estate. And the purpose of this podcast is to really shed light on what it's like living up here in Alaska, coming from people who actually live here and coming from people who aren't just me. So that's the purpose of this podcast. And today we're very lucky to have somebody talking about the Kenai Peninsula and just living in kind of the Kenai Soldana area. Um, specifically, he's lived there for about 30 years at this point, his entire life. So he brings um, a wealth of knowledge along with him. And he's actually um, a real estate agent slash real estate licensee, depending how you want to term it, who <laughs> actually practices down there in that area as well. So without further ado, please welcome Jonathan Wheeler. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good to have you here. Yeah, good to oh, be here. All right. So let's go and just jump right into this then. Um, so you've lived down on the Kenai for your entire life. Was it always in the Kenai or uh, what part of the Kenai did you grow up in? Because I don't think a lot of people realize just how big Kenai is. Yeah. So there's, there's quite a bit of real estate here in Kenai, quite a bit of land. Um I grew up actually pretty far out north in the Nikiski area towards Captain Cook State Park. Um, I have lived in Kenai and Nikiski both, but most of my life has been out here in Nikiski, which is, I like how quiet it is. So for people who've not heard of Nikiski before, how, how big is the population there? Oh man, I have to Google that one. <laughs> are we talking? Off my head. Yeah. Are we talking like hundreds or thousands? Probably thousands. Okay. Not probably not tens of thousands or too many no. tens of thousands. <laughs> nope. Looks like we got 4,493. <laughs> oh, that's a what's a barn burner here. <laughs> oh, that's uh that's pretty much small town USA at its best. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Um you definitely get a lot more uh real estate here. Um a lot more bang for your buck as far as um buying land and having like farm land and there's a lot of lakes out here, a lot of, uh, privacy, which tends to turn a lot of people on for living out here. Gotcha. So let's, uh, yeah, let's go and do this. Let's kind of talk a little bit about kind of your experience growing up in the Kenai a little bit, and then we'll dive straight into all the, the real estate stuff that, that I know people are really wanting to know as well. So I mean, living on the Kenai for your entire life, that definitely sounds like a, like a pretty unique experience that not a whole lot of people have. Um, can you kind of explain what it was like from your perspective, having grown up on the Kenai? Did you ever have like a moment where you wanted to, wanted to move out or were you always just happy where you were at? Um, I've never really had a moment to where I wanted to like move out of here. I have had a little while there after high school. I thought it'd be cool to live around other places of Alaska, get to explore more of Alaska. Um, my wife actually is kind of ready to go somewhere else. She wants to move out of state. She hates the winters. I love winter time. I love snow machining. I love being in the mountains and seeing the whole Kenai Peninsula for what it has. Um, but uh, I never really have thought much about moving out of here. It's It's been home for a long time and I, uh, now that I've got to this job where I'm at now working in real estate, I, I don't want to go anywhere. I have such a great career I work with. Right. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good, um, <clears throat> pretty good argument right there of, you know, Hey, this is just where my wealth of knowledge and expertise is. So we can't really go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. 
Outstanding. So can you talk a little bit about what all the Kenai has to offer? You've kind of mentioned the, the land. Um, for people who are out of state, they might not understand um, kind of what the Kenai is like and everything that it offers. So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. There's a, this is like the lower 48s dreamland here. They got, we have the Kenai River, which is uh, the salmon fishing capital of the world, pretty much. Through July, August, September, you get the, the red salmon come in first, then you start to get the silvers. Actually, the kings come in first, then the reds and the silver, but we mostly go for the reds and all through July. Um, fishing, like lake fishing, all the river hunting. We got moose hunting here all over, bear, all kinds of hunting you could do, lots of game. Um, hiking trails. So once you get out of the Kenai Nikiski Soldana area, you head towards Cooper Landing, which is still in the Kenai Peninsula. There is all sorts of hiking trails out there, state parks, state cabins, state campgrounds. It's uh it really is what they call uh, Alaska's playground down here. It's there's uh about anything you can think of there is to do outside. Yeah, I mean every time I go down there, I'm just always impressed with I mean, the mountains are really dramatic. They've got crystal clear lakes down there, forests where there, you know, wasn't like forest fires recently. <laughs> so, yeah, there are a few spots where it did burn the last few years, but that's not too bad. It's small fraction, but uh, it's, it's yeah. definitely quiet and um, lots of camping. We That's what we do in summertime. We go camping. Um, we got a couple of group, group of us, take, we have to take our Harleys out in the summertime and go explore the whole state, but lots of little places and destinations on the peninsula. My wife is the, uh, she's the fisher, fisher woman of the family. So she got me hooked into going to the river every day after work till about midnight <laughs> until dark and <laughs> catching our salmon limits. Yeah. I mean, you're there, you might as well. Do you guys just, yeah. not, uh, you guys just not do dip netting or um dip netting is great if you got one day you want to fill your freezer but to me i have multiple days after work and with the limit of red salmon being typically three but like this last year we had such a good run they bumped up to six i mean me and the wife go out there's 12 fish that's we don't eat that much but it doesn't get much better than uh, catching it on the river and cutting it up and i usually throw it on the grill and it's, it's so good. It beats anything you get anywhere else from the freezer section. Yeah. I mean, I've always been impressed with the salmon that you get down on the Kenai. I, um, doesn't you know, get actually, much more fresh. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. Like it went out this year. The run was just so good. Uh, well actually real quick, let's, let's back up for people who might not know what dip netting is. Can you kind of explain that for people? Yeah, totally. So that's what, uh, Alaska subsistence fishing basically. So anybody in Alaska, Alaskan resident, um, they usually go off of, and I don't quote me on the exact numbers. I think it's 25 fish per person, uh, or 20, 20 and 25. I've only done it a couple of times in my life. So I don't really keep tabs on the numbers of that, but, uh, basically you, you get a, a four foot ish round net and you go wade out in the Kenai river by the mouth with a, uh, Oh, about a 10, 15 foot pole and this fish swim into your net and you drag them into shore. And once they hit shore, you clip the fins. So that way they can't be resold at a cannery. And, uh, that's a lot of people. That's how they subsistence fish here is 
they get their hundred fish for the year for their family of say four. And that's typically they'll eat a lot of that throughout the winter. Yep, exactly. I mean, the best way I can explain it to people is it's, um, it's hard work, but it's definitely not sports fishing. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's, uh, it's a lot of work, a lot of work, but it's, uh, it's basically a quick and easy way to fill your freezer with all the fish running up river. Yeah. Cause I mean this, uh, this past summer, like I had like one day I could pull away from Eagle river. So I uh, ran down there. My family was already there and we just went out there and, you know, they were all, they already caught their limits within like a day or so. And I go down there. It's like, okay, I need 25 salmon to like max out. And that's going to fill up my freezer for, for quite a while as a single guy. So I get out there and yeah, within like a couple hours, like we're all maxed out and I mean, just filleted everything, cut it up. Well, then filleted, but gutted everything and uh, drove back to Eagle river and got back at like 4 AM. But yeah, had about $500 worth of uh, Alaskan caught salmon. So you can't really complain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll go out to, uh, we don't do, like I said, we don't do the dead net thing, but we will head off to, uh, I'll leave the office and the fishing hole from the office is about a five minute drive. So that works out really well. I use a nine weight fly rod. I go out to funny river road, which is right smack in the middle of Soldotna. And, uh, we have a, I won't give too many details of where I go, but <laughs> I don't want to give it away. It is a public spot though, but yeah, we go down there and we'll walk down and there was, there was days where we caught our six fish in like an hour and you're headed, you're flaying them at the river on the tables that the state provides with your flay knife you bring and you toss the, the guts and stuff in the river and they drift downstream and boom, go home, vacuum pack them, done. Yeah. That's kind of the nice thing about, about fishing on the Kenai too. Like usually everyone down there knows exactly knows exactly what they're doing, especially when you're dip netting, like everyone is there as residents. So there's really kind of a sense of, of uh, community out there. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially where I was at, people were just shoulder to shoulder for hours. So you just kind of start talking to people and obviously there's salmon. So you're not afraid of, uh, it's not like with trout where you talk too loud and you're going to scare them. So that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's got the same goal in mind. Get it, get out of the water and get home. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> A lot of it's it's a good community. It's a good feeling down there. Same with the river. I mean, you're fishing shoulder to shoulder, and there's enough room for one person to squeeze in. We all kind of scoot down, let that person in, and help them out. And usually, depending on the water level on the river, too, it's sometimes the fish are really close to the bank. Sometimes they're a little further out, and a lot of times I'll communicate with the guy next to you, like, "Hey, hey, they're a little closer," or "Hey, they're a little further," and and we'll all work together to get done. Yeah, probably the best tip, I mean, I could give to anyone looking to go salmon fishing on the Kenai and uh, go find the world famous, you know, salmon run there is uh, you definitely want to play nice with everybody out there because <laughs> definitely they've got a lot more they can offer you than you think. And you better be nice and mind your P's and Q's and you'll get along just fine with everybody. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to go fishing on the Kenai, hit me up. I'll sell you a house. We can go fishing. <laughs> Perfect. So what are some of the pros and cons? We've kind of talked about the, the salmon run, the land and everything, but if you had to have like a 30,000 foot view, just looking at living on the Kenai in general, what are some pros and cons of, of living on the Kenai peninsula? Well, like I said, the pros are all the stuff you can do outside. 
the the beautiful the scenery the mountains the ocean the beach um there's all that stuff nice community everybody here is really pretty nice you're not gonna most people wave at you and they nice enough stores it's not like rude people but as far as cons go some of the biggest cons the wife and i really find here is lack of stuff to do in the winter time mm. if you're not outside snowshoe and skiing or like i do i ride snow snow we call them snow machines in alaska but snowmobiles whatever you want to call it um there's not a lot to do here there's there's i mean you got a few different community centers you can go to the swimming pool or something but that's the biggest con here is lack of to do in the winter time inside at least um summertime too i mean pro is beautiful weather sun all this stuff to do outside but the con is is it does get pretty busy here in the summertime with lots of traffic it's uh our streets do pack and i wish i had the numbers in front of me for our influx of tourism in the summertime it's it's incredible how many people come from out of state in the summertime just to visit alaska which is great for economy but again as a local it's like uh, i gotta leave 15 minutes earlier for work yeah, you can definitely see some of them. I mean, I've talked with a number of people who've lived on them, lived on Kenai during the summertime, and that's usually um, a pretty big, um, usually a pretty big topic of uh, conversation is all the extra traffic that they're dealing with. Yeah. And, I mean, we deal with some of that up here in Eagle River and Anchorage, but we're really not the destination place that everybody goes to. It's kind of where people go from. So we see it, but it doesn't really stay here as long. <laughs> yeah, we get all the motorhomes and the campgrounds and the, uh, like I said, most everybody here is pretty nice. So <laughs> you run into the tourists and a lot of times they're just here to, they just want to see a piece of Alaska. So it'll be nice to everybody. Best advice I can give. Just be nice. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Just um, sea of many winnies out there. <laughs> Every summer, though. <laughs> yeah, be patient when you go to Homer. That's another one of our big places in Alaska that everybody wants to go to is Homer. Go see the Homer Spit. Um, a lot of times we ride our bikes down there in the summertime and usually have dinner and ride back. And uh, really cool area. It's just so neat that, what is it, two, three mile long spit? Right. It goes way out in the ocean. It's it's pretty cool. It's definitely something you got to see when you're here. Yeah. See, I really like homer the only thing that if i had to redesign homer um if they're taking <laughs> votes i would just say not make it so like at the end of the road but that's that's the whole point of homer so <laughs> yeah because that's yeah when you go to homer that is a commitment because there's really nothing else out there and <laughs> quick the really dull hour and a half drive to go see homer but once you get there it's, it's totally worth it yeah Another one of my favorite drives when you get here too is uh, go to Seward. Mm, yeah, that's kind of the opposite of Homer. Once you get to Seward, it's kind of like oh, we're here. But the drive there is, in my opinion, and I've driven every highway in Alaska. It's the most prettiest drive there is with the mountains and the the lakes, and uh, you get to see all kinds of different um, trains. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I was actually talking with. Um... Uh, with Kevin actually, and you'll be seeing him tomorrow, yeah. but I was talking, talking with Kevin just a little bit ago. And he said that he had last time he drove down on the Kenai, he ended up stopping like, like 10 times or something like that, just pulling off and taking pictures and stuff. Cause it is, it's very scenic. I think it's actually ranked as one of the, the best 
drives in the U.S. So it I think you're right. I've heard that before too. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I wish you had the image here. I got my background is actually a picture I took in Cooper Landing in the mountains. And uh, yeah, if we had a video too, that'd be you'd be able to see that. But it's if it's just something you got to see when you get here. The, the beauty of it. Yeah. Yeah, well, we'll uh, we'll get that up on the channel, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually looking at a got a 360 camera now, so I'll be. Uh, oh, going, cool! Yeah, it's oh man, I've, I've already broken out and started using it here and there. It's 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 going to be lit. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I need one for the mountains. I would love to do some more video in the mountains with 360. I have a drone. I fly up there and take lots of drone pictures and videos and. But I'd love to have a 360 camera to wear on my helmet when I ride. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, the, the cool thing is, especially if you have somebody with the Oculus, like they can just look. Oh, do they look around? That in is any direction like cool. they're there. So it's it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. I would love to try that. Yeah. Anyway, sidebar. So uh, let's see here. <laughs> How would you describe the climate on Kenai? You know, because obviously everyone gets the big headlines, you know, Alaska, oh, 50 below zero or something like that. And a lot of clickbait out there. So can you talk about the the climate on the Kenai a little bit? Because I don't think a lot of people realize that Alaska really is like the size really of, I think it's like a third of the, of the U.S. Like it's insane, varying climates all over the place. So can you talk about the Kenai a bit? Yeah, a little reminder to Texas there. We are bigger. So <laughs> <laughs> um, the Kenai has every type of weather you can imagine. I mean, you go, like I said, to Homer, we're talking about it's you're going to be pretty lucky to have a sunny day down there. It's a lot like like the West Coast, like the Seattle area. It's always wet, rainy, cloudy, but they do have a nice days. And Seward's pretty similar to along the coast like that. Um, where I live actually in the, in Kenai is, uh, it's pretty mild. We have quite a bit of sun, quite a bit of rain, and, uh, we have typically get quite a bit of snow. And then as far as you, if you drive from Kenai and you head North towards Nikiski, where my house is at, you tend to get a little more snow there. Um, and you say like the 50 below, as you head back towards Anchorage on the Sterling highway, that's where I always see the coldest temperatures. The other day we were headed to the mountains riding on Sunday. And I think uh, it was, for example, it was 10 above at my house. Kenai was 14 below and the Sterling Flats were 26 below. So it's in a matter of a half hour, 45 minute drive. You can see all kinds of different climates. And um, we are along the water. So we do tend to have a little more, more moisture, a little more wet, but uh, humidity. Yeah. Well, I mean, that also means like the topography for the area is going to have such a bigger impact just because you do have the ocean right there. So if you don't have a mountain blocking something, then, you know, it's, it's going to be a completely different temperature than an area where the mountain is blocking it. Oh yeah, definitely. And, um, I think the last snowfall we got here was probably eight inches. And then I go to the mountains, which is about an hour, 45, two hour drive away with a three mile snow machine ride. And we were, I'm six, two and I was over my head. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's incredible how much snow we get up high, but it really does vary everywhere you go on the pencil as far as you get weather. Summertime, we'll see seventies every once in a while, you might touch the eighties, but it's, uh, not very often. It's real, real mild, but it's 
we got that humidity. So it's, it's a mm. really, it feels like it's a hundred sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's really the, the Kenai is really the only place where you might hear of some humidity, maybe South central a little bit. Um, as far as I know, not Fairbanks, but Fairbanks is kind of getting hosed in both <laughs> both yeah. times a year as far as their climate so super hot super cold <laughs> super hot super cold all power to you if you live there you're a hardy better person than me but <laughs> i can never do it I, I don't think i could right now <laughs> no it's uh, it's not my cup of tea but it, it sure is somebody's though <laughs> i will say we rode a harley's up there this summer and it was probably some of the best road we had with the heat it just felt so good on that bike with the nice hot air but i don't know about working in it or trying to live in that all the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, how would you describe the culture of the people on the Kenai? Um, a lot of, we have a lot of blue collar here, a lot of, uh, oil field based work. That's what really kind of brought Nikiski to life, which is just North of Kenai is, uh, the oil field and the cook inlet. That's our biggest industry here is the oil industry, oil and gas. Um, all over the peninsula. So you get a lot of that blue collar, a lot of real genuine people. Um, like I said earlier, everybody's really, really pretty nice. Um, I feel like we have a lot of retirement age people here as well that come retired to Alaska or, or they started out here back in the eighties in the oil field. Now they're retirement age, living the best life and nice on a lake somewhere. But that's really our culture is just, pretty all around good people and a lot of, uh, a lot of hard workers. Yeah. So I've seen a lot of people talking about, you know, talking about, um, off-grid living, um, not specifically in Kenai, but kind of in Alaska in general, I've seen a lot of people talking about off-grid and off-grid this off-grid that, um, do you think that, um, people who are trying to get off-grid it's, um, the Kenai is a good place for them to go. And for the people that are, you know, maybe they're not trying to go for that, that complete off-grid lifestyle, that it would be a good place for them as well. Yeah. There's a lot of people that live off-grid here. Actually, there's, um, just North of Kenai. There is, uh, there's quite a bit of uh, land off of, uh, oh, kind of almost where I live at. They have, there's a lot of land that people go out there and it's, okay roads kind of more of a trail road and they have houses out there there's actually one that was for sale this summer and it was just a cool place on a lake totally off grid generator wind solar he had a well that ran off generator had a septic system so it was totally livable without no utilities and no road maintenance and it was just the, one of the coolest places i've seen um we have a lot of recreational cabins so as, as far as like off-grid living goes not a not a ton, ton of off-grid living, but there are, there are those handful of people that do that. We have a lot of recreational cabins. So we have what's called the Caribou Hills, which is between Homer and, um, Soldatna and Nilchik. I guess if you go from Soldatna head towards the Nilchik, it's between Nilchik and Homer, but there's a whole set of hills and we don't really call them mountains, but so much of like big hills. And that's the slang and the peninsula going to the hills. But, uh, Lots and lots of cabins, quite the community out there, actually. They have groove snow machine trails, four-wheeler trails, um, a lot of weekend getaway cabins. So it's uh, that's more of our off-grid is like recreational-based. Oh, outstanding. So is there kind of a high turnover rate for people living on Kenai, or is it more or less you move there and you stay there 
kind of um kind of a location um i really don't have a good answer for that as far as i've ever known and worked and lived here it seems like they're just seem like any other place people come and they go um one thing i have noticed people that tend to grow up here and leave alaska they always wind up back here <laughs> it's hard to get away and stay away it's but uh a lot of times with the oil field with the ups and downs we have here people will get an influx of people moving from out of state, typically like Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, that Southern area of the U S and they'll come up here and move up here for five years, 10 years with the oil. And then if prices drop or something changes with that oil price and they tend to move back home, but they, uh, there is the, with my experience of living here is there's an influx of workers that come and go. Oh, outstanding. So what age would you say kind of the average demographic is there? And obviously, you know, it's just kind of a, kind of a gut feel. We don't have the, the numbers up in front of us, but <laughs> what's, um, what's kind of the, the gut feel for the demographic there? 48. No, <laughs> 48. <laughs> it's totally good. It seems like a, a lot of young people here graduate high school and they move out and they go to college and then they'll tend to, like I said, they always wind up back here, but I would say a lot of our general, a lot of our uh, demographic here is middle age, maybe a little bit on the older side. Um, the the family a lot of times will move out and they'll go see a city or go live somewhere else, and they want to they want to come back here to the quiet Kenai Peninsula to raise their family. So it seems like a lot of family based stuff. Outstanding. So kind of dialing in more on some more specific local stuff. Uh, what are some of your favorite restaurants down there on the Kenai? Oh man. Uh, I love like, we have some of the best pizza places here. I swear. <laughs> like <laughs> shout out to B and H pizza and, and Charlie's pizza Nikiski. And those are just like the best pizza. I actually had that today for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a, uh, like senior ponchos. It's a Mexican place in Solana. We have some, Another big part of our community here is we have a lot of microbrew. We have like Cassock's Brewery in the Kiski, which does, they do a beer and they do a, uh, they tend to bring food trucks in for like weekend events. Super cool. Keener River Brewery, they have their own brew with uh, same thing. They have their own little food section. Awesome stuff. Probably some of the best chicken wings in town, actually. And uh, St. Elias, same thing. They got their own beer they brew right there in the back. And then they have pizzas about the size of a dinner plate. You get your own personal pizza. and um the flats if you want to go south sit down somewhere nice every, every time somebody comes here to look at houses and they want to go sit down somewhere nice i always tell them go to the flats it's over there on k beach um they have just awesome food it's almost like home cooking is what it feels like yeah that's awesome yeah kind of sounds like a lot of uh, good old classic american cuisine <laughs> it is yeah you got the american mexican food which is super good <laughs> <laughs> you get some pizza and uh, yeah, that, that flats has always got great staff, great waiters, waitresses, waiters, and food. Good deal. Now, did they have many problems this past summer with staffing? Because I mean, it went down to Seward, and I literally had restaurants turning me away. There was, I think, almost everybody, and I would maybe even like nationwide had a hiring shortage. Uh, I don't want to get started on the old political section, but I think they yeah. were getting, yeah, <laughs> they, they had a lots of incentive not to go to work. And that was our big problem here is a lot of people just didn't want to go find work. And 
a lot of businesses really suffered for that. They, uh, they had to close down like uh, one of their biggest stops between Anchorage and Kenai is um, Wildman's. Every stops, they got food, they got restaurant, um, they got liquor store, they got snacks, all your, your typical road stop. Um, they had to close down a couple of days a week because of staffing. And there's just, it was pretty hard. A lot of restaurants had to quit, cut their hours back because of staffing. And it was just unfortunate this year. It's just getting hard, hard time getting people to work. But I feel like we're coming out of that. It seems like everything's kind of getting back to normal as far as that goes. Um, and again, with that, with the COVID here, that was my favorite part about living in Kenai. It seems like COVID started in January of 19 and by, um, Memorial Day, it was gone. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that would be nice. Our assembly definitely was milking it for all it was worth. So, yeah, I was driving truck back then. I, that's what I did for the last ten years before real estate. It was I was a oil field truck driver, did a lot of heavy haul work, a lot of low boy work. It was a pretty cool job. But uh, I remember I was trying to pull out on one of our highways with an oversized load and on Memorial Day weekend, and I was thinking to myself, where the heck did everybody come from? It seemed like the floodgates opened up and. Everybody said, I'm done with COVID. And I remember going to Homer that weekend on my motorcycle and you couldn't find a parking spot down there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yep. I think uh, just as a whole, people here in Alaska is kind of just, just over the whole COVID thing. Oh, you know? totally. And there's, I find there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot of local politics kind of playing into it too. So that, that definitely didn't help. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing about Alaskans is we're all really independent. It's as far as maybe everywhere outside of Anchorage, because Anchorage is kind of like our city. And I'm sure you've talked about it on the podcasts. Um, but uh, everybody outside of that main city area is really independent. So when, when somebody tells you you have to do something just to go to the grocery store, people just kind of like, they don't really agree with it. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was definitely a lot of posturing going on there for a while. Like there were a lot of um, actually illegal shenanigans going on with our assembly. So, um, but yeah, I'm a member of the community council here and I could definitely talk about that for days, but let's keep it moving. <laughs> keep it nice, moving. Man. Keep it positive. Um, what are, <laughs> what are the schools like over in Kenai? Um, I think they're pretty good. It's been a while since I was in school. <laughs> it's been about 12 years, but uh, yeah, it seems like uh, we have a couple like, um, private schools in Kenai that parents love to get their kids into as far as like one of them is a lottery draw in elementary school. Um, my wife actually went to that school and they, uh, it's like a, a lottery base. You sign up and it's a name draw to get you in there. Um, lots of high school sports as far as that goes, but um, yeah, it seems like an overall, we have pretty good schooling around here um, for kids and, and we have a college, the Kenai river, Kenai, Kenai Peninsula, call it KPC, but it's something with the river. I can't remember what they call it, the river center. But uh, yeah, they have a they have a pretty good nursing and paramedic program there. A lot of uh, oil field process tech school there. So post high school education is really good for our our industry here. Excellent. Now kind of zeroing in more on the, the housing market in Kenai. Can you kind of talk about what that looks like right now for someone, you know, looking to, uh, to move into the area? Yeah, for sure. Just like, um, it sounds like a lot of the other U S our, our prices have gone up Our the equity 
and housing has rise risen. Um, but not as much as I would say a lot, some of the other U.S. I just seen a map come across my Facebook the other day with average equity rises and Alaska wasn't quite the highest, but it was up there. And uh, it's uh, it's one of those things, if you're going to find a house and you like it, it's probably uh, probably good to move on it because it might not be there tomorrow. And um, lots of people moving from out of state. We get a lot of, uh, I've since I started real estate this summer, I have dealt with a lot of out-of-state clients coming from very, all over the country. I mean, what was that, Kevin, from Arkansas or? <laughs> uh, Missouri. Missouri, Missouri, yeah. that's right. And uh, I got another one from uh, Idaho. And so, yeah, it's a lot of people coming from out-of-state, moving up here. So it is raising our housing market up a little bit and making it a little harder to move in. But um, there's still plenty of stuff out here to get into. So what do you tell people when they're, they're coming in from out of state, when you're trying to get them kind of introduce them to the Kenai and what the housing market is like? Well, when somebody comes from out of state, I always tell them to, first thing you need to do is get pre-approved with a local lender here in town. That way, when you do get here, we're all ready to go. And uh, I had a, I had a couple that came actually, well, they're not from out of state, but they're from Wasilla. They came down here and they, they had all these houses picked up they wanted to see. And we walked to the first one and they were like, we were thinking we wanted more privacy. So that's where like, it helps to be a local here. My whole life is we looked at two more houses they had on their list. And I said, let me show you the one I think you like. And we took them out there and boom, they bought it. And it had their privacy. It was about a mile from the school. She was a teacher at the school and uh, the kids could ride their bike down the bike path to the school. And um, it's a pretty good feeling when you, somebody says they know, you know what they want. They said they, they say they know what they want and you could take them right to it. But man, that's awesome. So for people, yeah. So I, I definitely also hear you on trying to make sure people actually talk to local lenders up here. Cause I mean, especially on the Kenai, because if you have someone at a big national branch, like let's just say, Oh, I don't know. Uh, Wells USAA, uh, companies like that. Quicken. Quicken's a big one we see. Yeah. And Quicken's Rocket, I'm sure. Um, the issue you're going to run in with those is they have big national standards and those standards don't really fit in sometimes to the mold of what the reality is up here. And there's a lot of, a lot of things can go sideways. If you're working with somebody who doesn't specialize in the area, know what, know what's normal up here and what's not. So yeah, as far as like ordering an appraisal or like a well and septic test and as bill, sometimes your national lenders don't always know what that stuff is. And uh, it definitely helps to come in with a local lender. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, reach out to any one of us agents in town here with Keller Williams and they can, everybody has their person and typically they'll do you a good job. Yep, absolutely. So for people thinking of moving to the Kenai or, or even just talking about, um, talking about maybe visiting it, uh, what would you recommend they, they do as they're, they're considering doing that? You know, are there any questions they should be asking themselves? You know, what would you tell them? As far as like visiting the peninsula? Well, let's, let's go and just say moving down there. Uh, moving here. So typically I'll, I'll always ask them like, what, what is your wants and needs in a house? Do you want privacy, land, school, in town, out of town? Cause that's two big different things. We got in Kenai and Soldano, they're both cities and you got outside of town. So that's a big one. 
Um, a lot of people like to be out of town, but close to town. But uh, yeah, that's uh, kind of what we talk about mostly to get them started on moving down here. Uh, where do they work at and what kind of industry they're in, are they in if they're in like uh, say the one I had this summer was uh, he works at the hospital. So I'm like, well, you probably don't want to live in the Kiski because it's a 45 minute drive to the hospital. So maybe we'll bring you in a little closer to that area. That's so. Right. Good deal. All right. So Jonathan, where can people go to, to get in contact with you and, and kind of learn more about what you do? Yeah. Um, I have a, a Facebook and Instagram. You can always jump up on, jump on. Um, you just search my name. I can, I don't have my uh, handle in front of me here, but uh, you can always email me at Jonathan Wheeler at kw.com. My phone number 907-953-4219. Shoot me a text anytime with questions. I'd love to help you out. Um, and then just search my name on Facebook or Instagram and it should come up in the Kenai area. Outstanding. All right. Well, thank you very much for for um, taking the time to kind of talk about what it's like living on the Kenai. Um, for those of you who are interested, certainly do reach out to Jonathan through um, through those um, through those sources and start kind of picking his brain and seeing what's what's going to work for you or not. Um, but other than that, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.